You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, maybe maybe your favorite team, New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Alexa Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Guys, think we got a little bit to talk about today? It's been kind of an emotional roller coaster here for the New Orleans Pelicans. By all, by now, you already know, and this is getting released kind of late at night-ish, uh, depending where you are. And it's news of the day, basically. We're going to kind of look at some of this stuff here, but holy crap, did the Pelicans get put through the ringer? Losing Rajon Rondo to Rajon Rondo to the Los Angeles Lakers. Then all of a sudden signing Julius Randle, a very good player, on an amazing contract. The full mid-level exception, the non-taxpayer mid-level exception. Only then, about, I don't know, an hour later, to lose DeMarcus Cousins to the Golden State Warriors. Cousins to the Warriors on a $5.3 million deal. The taxpayer mid-level exception. So this is kind of wild. Is this good for the Pelicans? Bad for the Pelicans? We got a lot to break it down, and frankly, I'm still kind of overwhelmed and not quite sure the order we need to go about things with this, but obviously, we're going to be tackling the Cousins part first. We'll talk on Rondo, and then depending on time and different things like that, we'll look at everything else. So we're kind of going a little bit off the cuff here because this is just a wild day if you're a New Orleans Pelicans fan. So let's start at the beginning and recap the day here, and it was the news that broke that Rajon Rondo was leaving the Pelicans to sign with the Los Angeles Lakers for one year, $9 million. To clear that cap space to sign him, and that's what they were signing him into, they needed to renounce the rights to Julius Randle, which they basically immediately did. Rondo going to the Lakers at $9 million was not, at the time, a deal the Pelicans could match. They didn't really, one, they don't have $9 million to spend. The most they could spend was the non-taxpayer and mid-level exception of 8.86 or so, or 8.6, whatever it is, doesn't matter. You guys get it. They don't have $9 million. And even if they did, they weren't going to spend it on Rondo for one year. That was too much for them based off of what they're looking to accomplish to try and add a couple more pieces here, particularly after signing Alfred Payton, who's a buy low candidate, maybe maybe uh, Rondo Light in the best case scenario. That's being very, very generous here. And they felt maybe they could let him walk for that or, you know, the max they were really going to give him was $3.9 million, the non-bird exception of 120% of his salary from the year before, which he signed for that $3.3 million. He was never getting nine from the uh, uh, Pelicans, no matter what, because they just could not offer nine to him. Simple as that. It wasn't they didn't want to pony up the money or anything like that. They just couldn't afford it. That was actually out of their price range, and it's kind of as simple as that. So he was gone. And you can look at it and say, well, you know, at least there's Alfred Payton, and maybe you still got Drew Holiday, who's playing incredibly well. Um, and, you know, that maybe is going to be okay, and this team can kind of recover from that. So Pelicans fans were down. Things were kind of looking down for this team. Rondo, the loss of him was very, it is big. It still is. I guess we could say it's still fresh. We're still recovering from all of this. 
you know, that's uh, they very much valued his veteran presence, his leadership, what he did in the film room, the way he taught these guys to study film, different things like that, and the way his preparation was. All of that was massively important. Yes, there were times when he was basically unplayable. There were a couple of games where he just straight up didn't care and didn't try. You could see it very clearly on the court. And there were times, particularly in that stretch run for the playoffs, where you didn't see him really cracking the rotation much, and he wasn't playing in fourth quarters of a number of games because they couldn't trust him out there. doesn't matter. It still hurts because, again, that veteran presence, the leadership, all of that was very important to this team, kind of teaching them how to win and everything else he brought to the table. But he wanted money, and there's nothing wrong with a player wanting to get his, and the Pelicans just couldn't offer nearly as much as he wanted, so he is gone to the Lakers. It hurts, but it's not anything that you can't fully, fully recover from. And then we get the roller coaster starting. We're about two hours or so after they renounced Julius Randle as a free agent. The Pelicans came to an agreement with him for two years at $18 million. This is going to be, it's basically $17.7 million. This is the full mid-level exception, the non, um, yeah, sorry, the taxpayer, or sorry, the non-taxpayer, there we go, the non-taxpayer mid-level exception of eight point. Uh, eight six million with the raises and everything basically makes it seventeen point seven million dollars over the two year deal. Not a sudden trade and anything like that. And basically after this, you can see the Pelicans positioning themselves to uh, hard cap themselves at basically one hundred twenty nine million the apron because if you do that. After the, after the Randall deal, if you renounce and waive everyone else, basically, on non-guaranteed money other than Darius Miller, they had $18 million to re-sign DeMarcus Cousins to to bring him back. And that was originally the plan from what I've been told. They were going to try and re-sign Cousins, and then they were going to look to move Miritich, Ajinsa, and more in a trade along with picks and try and bring back another wing. I've heard some names, but it doesn't matter. We can save that for another day. And then shit started to get really crazy. And it got broke by, I think it was Sham Sharania, that he was going, Boogie was going to the Warriors for $5.3 million, the taxpayer mid-level exception, an extremely low amount for one year. And I think this is obviously where everyone had questions on what's going on. But the Pelicans offered him money. He just, at that point, was not coming back. He did not like how they negotiated. He felt insulted by their original offer from them. That's why there was very serious interest between him and the Lakers before the Lakers realized they weren't in any rush. But he wanted to go and play there because he thought he could win and play with LeBron James. So when he realized he wasn't getting the money that he wanted, 20-something-plus million dollars per season, and the market for him just dried up, it was a perfect storm of not much cap space and coming off of this injury. Otherwise, yeah, the Pelicans would have given him everything he wanted but he wasn't able to get it because of the injury and that's just kind of the situation and the facts of the matter so when he realized he wasn't getting that fuck it just take the ring and get some money and just kind of you know go and do your thing with the with with the warriors and that's the situation we're in right now so now that we've gotten the basics out of the way, we're going to touch on what this means for the Pelicans. And there's a whole, whole, whole lot here. And that's not even diving into on-court fit and different things like that. And we'll get to that with Randall at some point because we've just got other pressing needs. But before we do that, make sure you all listen to the Locked On NBA podcast Monday through Friday, five days a week. Where else are you going to go listen for 30 minutes to break down every crazy-ass day we're getting in free agency? Because that's just straight up what's happening here. This is kind of bananas. 
you want to know what to make all of this for every team in the league. And the Locked On NBA podcast, which I co-host on Wednesdays, is definitely the best way to do that. So make sure you listen and subscribe to Locked On NBA. So you can make a good argument that despite Cousins leaving and Rondo being gone as well, that the Pelicans on opening night this coming season actually have a better lineup or a better roster, at least right now, than they would have had they had Rondo and Cousins. I truly think that's up for debate, particularly because you have Cousins who might not be healthy until December, January, February, something like that. And frankly, having a guy who can play versus a guy who can't. And Randall's really Really good, you guys. I am a huge Julius Randle fan. We're going to get into, again, his fit and things like that with Davis and Holiday at at a later date and time. We don't need to do that right now because we're still kind of in the reaction mode to all of this. We're going to get to the negative part of it in the third segment here. I think that's how we're going to do this today. Um, And then we'll get to what's actually going to go on with the team. And let's kind of wait and see maybe how the rest of this team ends up because it's still very much in flux. So you can debate whether or not these two teams are going to kind of be better or not better, and that's a thing. But they're certainly going to be different, and there's big long-term ramifications, like I just said, we're going to talk about later on. But we learned from this is these negotiations are just not the easiest thing. The Pelicans had an offer on the table, it sounds like, for Cousins for about $12 million or so after the Julius Randle signing, and he just said, screw you. There's He felt insulted and didn't feel valued and basically just to turn around and I'm going to kind of go do something else. And this is kind of the modern NBA right now. And what you do is you go sign with a super team. If you're going to take less money, you may as well go ring chasing. And it's kind of tough to fault DeMarcus Cousins in this. I, you know, I very pro player. You guys have heard it on the podcast where I say, if Kevin Durant wants to go and sign with the Warriors, go and do it. I don't really care. He's trying to win a title and that's what he wants. If uh, Russell Westbrook wants to stay and get more money or Paul George wants to stay and get more money. That's fine too. Or if they're just in a place where they're comfortable and they don't want to leave, that's fine too. Everyone has different motivations to, um, uh, to for what they do. And that's just kind of that. And you can't really fault anyone for it, even if you don't agree with it and it's not your motivation. That's the way I look at all this. So good for Cousins, frankly, and be- best of luck. Does hurt the Pelicans, but they do have a healthy Julius Randle. And that's exciting. This is a guy the Lakers were worried might get a big offer and they were going to be put in a situation where they had to match or not match. Well, don't need to worry about that. Julius Randle on the mid the uh, the mid-level exception is fucking fantastic. That is th- the truth. He is going to mesh so well with Anthony Davis and it's it's going to be a lot of fun for at least one season. But we'll talk about that in a minute. So, what everyone wants to know is where do the Pelicans stand right now? And frankly, it's not Ideal. I'm not going to throw all the heavy numbers and things like that at you, but basically they use the non-taxpayer mid-level exception, and they're not in the tax right now, to sign Julius Randle. So the big way they could have added players now that they're over the cap is gone. That likely means then that with the $2.7 million for Alfred Payton, God, we haven't even had time to really talk about that. That's how crazy things are fucking going right now. You guys wanted me to swear I'm trying to get like five F-bombs in here, and I don't even really want to swear that much. Um, But with Alfred Payton signing the $2.7 million deal, he's likely slotting into the biannual exception there since he's not a vet minimum, basically leaving the Pelicans part of the biannual exception left to sign maybe another contract similar-ish 
to the one that Alfred Payton signed. Maybe uh, a James Ennis, that's going to be the big name Pelicans fans are asking about. Maybe a guy like Mike Scott now to add another big to this roster that they already wanted to do. Um, you know, so that's kind of where they stand because they had uh, DeMarcus Cousins' bird rights. They could have gone over the cap up to basically $18 million to sign him. They didn't offer him that much. I think they might have offered him that much. Um, if they thought he was seriously going to walk for $5.3 million. But this is how we ended up here where we are right now. So there's not a whole lot they can really do, to be honest. They're going to look for minimum guys that they can bring in that they can go over to the cap to sign. Maybe you can pull someone out of Europe with that. Maybe they're just going to really be patient until the end of free agency and try and bring some of these other guys back. But certainly not the best situation for the Pelicans to be in to try and add some more players to this team, or at least quality players, players that can really make a difference. And as much as we'd be happy with a guy like James Ennis, he's not going to be that much of a difference maker for this New Orleans Pelicans team. Largely, those guys are gone that at least had enough upside to try and maybe see if it all worked out. But again, that creates other problems, and we'll talk about that in a minute here. So basically, the Pelicans are kind of free and clear of the luxury tax, very safe from that right now. But at a very the the flip side of that is they can't really try and go and spend in free agency because they're kind of used up the different ways they could. They've used most of the biannual exception. They used the entirety of the mid-level exception, um, barring some things changing. And we are in the moratorium period. Nothing is official yet. However, you have to figure that they are that most of these deals are going to go through, and teams don't really back out on that. We've seen more or less one example of that and nothing else. So that's kind of the situation that the Pelicans are in. They're also hard capped. They're not really going to be able to go above $129 million likely um, at all. They wouldn't really have a way to get there anyway, especially now with Cousins leaving. Um, so I guess technically they're not hard cap, but still. Uh, so that's the situation on the cap. You know, their free agency is going to be kind of quiet and a whole lot more isn't necessarily going to get done. And they're going to be active on the trade market. You can move Miritich, Hill, um, or a Jinsa or a combination of those guys for some other players. But now you're hurting your depth and with no other way to really go about adding guys to this roster, that's not necessarily the smartest thing to do. But rest assured, the Pelicans are going to find every method they can to try and add more people and some more depth to this team. So we're still all processing all of this. And so are you probably trying to process all of this news. But make sure you check out LockedOnPelicans.com to really kind of get an idea of what's going on, what our writers are thinking, what I'm thinking about all of this. We're going to have stuff coming up very shortly, breaking down kind of the moves and what this all means. So if you want to get some more in-depth, see some more stats on different things like that, that definitely helps too. And also, we got some on Alfred Payton and how he fits with this team. That is a new signing that we don't even have time to talk about on the podcast today. So Jason Quigley's got something up there breaking it all down for you. So make sure you check out LockedOnPelicans.com. Okay, so now we got to talk about the depressing side of things. And this maybe is a little early to kind of play stuff out, but these are kind of the stakes and the circumstances in the situation here. It sounds like the Julius Randle deal is a two-year deal with a player option for the second year. He's likely going to opt out and hit free agency again next season fine, whatever. If the Pelicans had his bird rights to go over the salary cap to re-sign him, they're likely going to be over the cap. So they're not going to be able to sign him into space. And if you don't have the bird rights for him, you can only sign him to 120% of his previous contract. That's not a lot of money, basically, for a very young player who could be very good. 
Um, I'm doing the math right now. It's basically $10.5 million they can sign him to. Something right in that range next season um, if he opts out and has a good year. That's all they can offer. So if someone wants to come in and give him 15, the Pelicans are shit out of luck basically right there unless they clear the cap space to be able to do this because they don't own his bird rights. So there exists a very real world where he plays incredibly well. The Pelicans are maybe good this year too. And I think he will play well. I think he fits so well next to Anthony Davis. And I absolutely love this pairing in a vacuum of just those two. And that's all we're looking at. Well, we can throw a holiday in there too of those three. But if he plays that well, he's going to be gone next year. And I'm not sure as of today how the Pelicans are really going to be able to re-sign him and what they're going to be able to do. So he could be gone for nothing. Same thing with Miritich. He might get paid next offseason as a big floor space or something like that when there's much more money out there. He could be gone. The Pelicans do have his bird right, so at least that's good for them. But still, that's also going to be a very realistic concern that you might lose some of these guys that are such key contributors. And then you're left with Anthony Davis, Drew Holiday, which isn't bad. But is Davis going to maybe see the writing on the wall? Who knows? That's yet to be determined. He's also eligible for the Supermax. And, you know, it'd be almost crazy to want to leave and, uh, and not sign with for that. But you know what? If guys want to win, maybe they take $5.3 million to sign with the Warriors. We've seen some pretty damn crazy things. It sounds like Kawhi Leonard's also potentially willing to forego the Supermax to not be there in San Antonio. At some point, these guys just want to win or other motivating factors take over. And that's kind of how it is. So now with no bird rights on some of these guys to sign, well, that's a problem. Had the Pelicans re-signed Cousins. They do own his bird rights. If he plays incredibly well, well, they could have gone over the cap to re-sign him and given him that big contract that he wanted, but they wanted to kind of negotiate, play a little bit of hardball and everything, and that is a big concern to him. He felt insulted and basically just said, screw it, I'm gone. And this was AD's best friend. So basically the way this kind of looks right now, let's say, is you traded away two first-round picks, um, plus some other guys, don't, those don't really matter. For DeMarcus Cousins, you, you, you kind of shot your shot, really. You, you had the big swing. And now you'll get maybe one season of Julius Randle or half, you know, part of a year of DeMarcus Cousins, part of a year of Julius Randle, and maybe no long-term piece out of that. So those two first-round picks are going to basically have evaporated from the team after two or three years. It's not ideal. You know, maybe it's not the end of the world, depending on how things shake out. Maybe they'd clear space somehow. Who the hell knows? But when you look at it from that angle, it does look kind of bleak in a year. And people I've talked to really feel this is maybe the first kind of thing where they could see AD maybe wanting out reading the tea leaves a little bit. But again, it's early. And I don't want to bum you out with all of this. It's just kind of a weird day here for New Orleans where now they're just left to add guys on minimum contracts here with things. So it's going to be a long offseason for the Pelicans right now to try and kind of, you know, make up ground or to feel better about this or whatever it is. But man, not an easy thing. And wow. So that's it's just rough. And there's a little bit other news coming out from Will Guillory, our friend over at the Times Pick, saying the Pelicans were willing to offer a full non-taxpayer mid-level exception to Rondo. Lakers just came through with a better offer. I mean, that's $400,000 of a difference to play in NOLA versus New Orleans. So that's big um, that he kind of 
wanted to you know, just leave over 400,000 and be on a different team. And who knows? But wow, weird day for New Orleans. That's kind of the state of the franchise as it is now for you guys, really. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. As you can hear, I'm probably kind of exhausted and just a little uh, wild. So it's just kind of nuts with everything and yeah you know thank you all for listening obviously we'll talk more about fit with julius randall he's a very good player that's going to be a lot of fun we'll look more at alfred payton and what he can do to try and replace rondo we're not going to be this sad all the time we're going to get over it we still have anthony davis here that is a great thing so thank you all for listening as always i'm your host jake madison at nola jake on twitter i'll be back with you all tomorrow